When you think of the most common job in the US, it's pretty typical to think about service workers, retailers, cashiers, and fast food. But the most common job in 29 states is actually truck driving. Over 3 million Americans work as truck drivers, and hundreds of communities and over 7 million workers provide services to truck drivers, working at truck stops, loading and unloading freight, and actually servicing the vehicle. There's been a lot of talk about the impact of self-driving technology and the implications for labor markets for truckers. The most common perspective is it's going to take a lot of money off the table for truckers, and we need to be resilient in the way we think through creating a transition pathway for many of those workers. The exciting thing is there's a number of promising companies in this space that are working on providing more autonomy and tools to truckers to graduate up the stack. This week I chatted with Tobena Arodiobu, founder and CEO of Cloud Trucks, on exactly that topic. He's raised over $25 million and he's focused on empowering truck drivers to leverage software to compete and participate in the new world order. Welcome to Vena, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on the show today to talk about cloud trucks, uh, your thoughts on the future of trucking and, and really operating a high growth business. But before we dive in too deeply, Tobana, tell us a little bit more about your background and the journey to founding cloud trucks. Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Nigeria, moved out to the States 13 and a half years ago for college, uh, went to college at Penn State, grad school at Hopkins, and then moved out to the Bay Area about six and a half years ago uh, to work at Zenefits. So at the time, Zenefits was a fast growing company, um, ended up working on some key products there. So I was a product manager at Zenefits. Um, moved on from Zenefits to Open Door to work on real estate tech. Uh, and then left Open Door after a few months to found uh, Scotty Labs with a friend of mine uh, who, who I had worked with at Zenefits. Scotty was um, kind of focused on the autonomous driving space. We were building autonomous technology and uh, teleoperations technology for the trucking industry. And we ended up selling that company to DoorDash after uh, operating it for a few years. And you know, one of the things that really happened at Scotty was that I was spending a lot of time with truck drivers and really understanding what they needed, what the future of trucking was. And it became obvious that uh, there was a lot of focus on kind of the, the future of trucking from the driving sense. So there are a lot of companies focused on the autonomous trucking space, um, but not enough focus on the future of uh, trucking from the business sense, right? So truck drivers uh, needed a lot of help. If you, if you ever looked at any trucking forum, they would talk about this all the time. And no company was really focused on helping with the uh, trucking uh, business problems that they were facing. So decided to start Cloud Trucks after selling Scotty to, to really um, dive into that and help them solve, solve their core problems. And, and give us a little bit more context on, on just the sheer magnitude of this space. You know, one of the things I learned um, from, from my good friend, Andrew Yang, he used to talk about this on the campaign trail all the time, is, is trucking is the most common occupation in this country, right? So over three and a half million people are truckers, uh, which I didn't realize. And, and by extension, truck freight is a major driver of economic opportunity. So just, you know, before we kind of dive into the business, just paint the picture a little bit more of kind of what is the landscape of trucking, you know, in this country? Yeah, so, so so like you said, it's it's uh, it's it's one of those core uh, industries. You know, eight hundred billion dollar industry, uh, three point five million truck drivers, and by extension, you know, uh, those truck drivers are are, are 
uh, helping to employ other people around the country, whether it's people at truck stops or, or other um, uh, parts of the country. So it's, it, it, really, uh, it really is a, a bedrock industry. And I think that if, if you kind of think about what's happened over the past year, right, uh, a lot of people have now been thinking about trucking and logistics because as COVID hit, a lot of us had to move to, to, to work from home, but the only reason why society was able to continue in the way that it did and, and why people uh, stopped hoarding toilet paper, for example, was because truck drivers were still out there on the road, still making deliveries all around the country. Um, so so it's, it's not only a huge industry, but it's actually a critical industry and critical infrastructure um, of the US. It's how, it's how most goods are moved today. You were alluding to it a little bit earlier, but you said, you know, the dirty secret in this space is this kind of truckers basically create the majority of, of value, but capture little of the revenue, right? So talk a little bit more about the pain points in the existing system and, and really what's the, what's the contributor or the source of, of this delta of value creation on one hand to, to revenue capture for, you know, the participants of the system on the other hand? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so, so this was something that I was I was really surprised by. The the more I, I, I talk to truck drivers, the more uh, we spend time on this problem. So, you kind of put uh, truck drivers into two different categories. There are the uh, company employees uh, who are usually paid per mile if, if if they're doing long haul delivery. So they might be paid like. 45 to 60 cents per mile or so. Um, and you have the uh, independent uh, owner operator, right, who um, owns their own truck, pretty much owns their own business, and, and they're operating this, this business as, as like a sole proprietorship. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if, we, if we look at the company driver side of things, you know, this this person is helping to generate about three three uh, dollars per mile in some cases, two to three dollars per mile, and they're capturing just a sixty cents or forty five cents. Um, they're not really paid when uh, when when the truck isn't moving, and so they don't end up making a lot of money. Uh, you know, they're they're making forty five sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, most of them closer to the forty five thousand versus sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, and then you look at the owner operators. Um, who uh, really kind of get to control their own time. This, this is one of the one, one of the critical pieces of being an owner operator is that you get to control your own time. They get to control uh, where they go in the country. Um, but they end up having all of these different fees that they that they pay for every single thing, right? So an independent owner operator pays the most amount of money for their truck uh, because a lot of people don't want to lease them a truck, don't really want to work with them, don't trust that they're going to make their truck payments. Uh, they end up uh, getting charged 2% to 3% um, to, to get paid faster. So uh, most of the brokers in the industry want to pay them in 30 days, 45 days, 60 days. Um, so they end up having to pay 3% to get paid in two, two business days. Uh, one of the predatory things that I learned too is that uh, some companies would charge an, an independent owner operator um, 1.5% to 2% to pay them via uh, ACH in 30 days uh, versus via check in 30 days. And, and you just think about that and it's, it's kind of ridiculous, right? It's actually cheaper for um, the 
uh, broker to pay via ACH versus check, but they do that because the owner operators on the road all the time, of course, they don't want to be paid by check. So it's kind of just taking advantage of them and finding more and more ways to charge them for stuff. So that's, that's kind of one of the uh, like secrets of the industry is that the drivers are, are, are truly doing all of the work and unable to capture a lot of value, uh, mainly because they, there, there isn't this layer of trust uh, with all the vendors that they work with. So they end up um, uh, being charged a lot for different services and uh, also because they just don't have the cash flow. Uh, so people end up taking advantage of them for that reason. And so let's spell out what Cloud Trucks is, right? Explain the company, you know, the concept and the, and the state of the business today. Yeah, so um, from the outside looking in, CloudTrucks looks like a trucking company, uh, but, but really what we're building is something um, much more similar to, to, to Square in a sense. Uh, so so the, way, the way we like to think of this is um, each truck driver uh, whose independence is like a small business, right? So we help truck drivers who are independents or uh, truck drivers who are company drivers today, but want to become independents. We help them manage uh, manage their business. And uh, the reason I say it's similar to Square is that what we really do is uh, we build all these different systems that help them manage uh, different parts of their business. So on the one hand, it's how they generate revenue, right? So, so how do you determine uh, which loads to take, where to go in the country? This is changing on a weekly basis, monthly basis, because uh, freight volume and freight transactions is changing. So um, using, uh, we, we built something called a schedule optimizer using some complex data science models. We're trying to figure out um, how to route you to the, to the best parts of the country to make the most amount of money while taking into consideration uh, what your preferences are. Like when do you want to be home? Do you want to be on the road for the weekend? You know, uh, stuff like that. Um, the second part of this is cash flow. Uh, so we built something called CT Cash, where uh, we, we partnered with Visa to create this. Um, it's kind of like a it's it's a card program, but it, but it's really more than that. Today, the, the core feature is instant payments. So a truck driver completes a job; they have full transparency on how much that job paid, what the cloud trucks fees were, and how much uh, got deposited to their to their card. Uh, and this gives them access to instant payments. You know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They don't have to wait for these payments. And then they can determine how much they want to keep on the card versus uh, how much they want to pay out to their to their bank account. And, and, and we found that uh, a lot of drivers love this and uh, they end up not needing so much uh, financial assistance because their, their cash flow problems are solved there. And then uh, there's a cost aspect of things. So we partner with companies that lease trucks to uh, drivers. So we're acting as that layer of trust in a sense. These companies know that if Cloud Trucks has decided to work with a driver, then uh, they can be rest assured that the, the driver is going to make enough money and actually make payments to them. Uh, so, so that helps bring down some of their truck payments. But we also um, hold the, the most expensive lines of insurance uh, for these drivers. So helping to bring down their insurance costs uh, to, to what would be more similar to how much a larger fleet is paying for insurance. You uh, let's let's unpack a couple of those things, Trevana, that you just said. You know, your your mission statement. You know, when you go to your website, is to put more money in the hands of truck drivers and reduce their headaches, right? And if we yep. simplify that, ultimately, that's a function of of three things. And you were just alluding to some of them, right? So more revenue, better cash flow, and reducing costs, right? Three pretty kind of simple right. core 
core elements to solve for. Um, let's let's unpack each of those individually. So let's let's start on the revenue side. You were talking a little bit about the schedule optimizer product. Uh, I want you to go into more depth and kind of unpack, you know, a why that product um, is so pivotal, why it's solving a, a deep pain point, right? And and really at scale, if you do nail that, what the implications then become, you know, for efficiency in in trucking, right? Because I think there's a pretty interesting, you know, kind of byproduct that comes at scale with each of your kind of attack points for for these three different elements. Um, where today it's always a very kind of clear, you know, pain point, right? You can make it better for the driver, the company, et cetera. But when you really extrapolate out and you think at scale, um, you know, the, the, the byproducts can be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so, so kind of, uh, uh, starting, starting from that mission statement, right? More money, fewer headaches. It means that we're, we're really selling, uh, two key value propositions to the driver. If you work with us, we're going to help help you make better decisions so that you put more money in your pocket, right? Um, and then also, if you work with us, uh, we're going to simplify the entire process of being a truck driver, which means that our app is supposed to be kind of like a super app for this driver to manage the entire business. Um, on, the, on the schedule optimizer side, you're, you're absolutely right that there are uh, critical problems that we're solving there. So if, if you think about, um, so if you think about this driver, again, as a small business owner, right? So you've just started your business. Um, you don't really know what's going on around the country at any given point in time. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the more efficient you can be on understanding the, the flow of freight, uh, the better your decision-making process is going to be, the, the, the better uh, revenue you actually generate. Um, nailing that problem will really lead to uh, more efficiency in the trucking industry as a whole. So uh, today there are 350,000 uh, drivers out of 3.5 million who are truly independent. So imagine if every single one of those 350,000, and this number is also growing, imagine if every single one of them is, is able to make decisions as the most sophisticated business owners out there in the country. Uh, they're able to uh, make decisions like the largest uh, uh, trucking companies in the country on uh, where to go and, it, and, and their preferences are really based on or, or the, the amount of money they're able to generate are really based on the preferences that they have. Um, I think this starts to also shift a lot in the industry where you, you'll then have people who previously were afraid of being independent, uh, really being, being willing to go into it because now they, they have a system that's making those business decisions for them. And that's really what we're excited about, right? It's, it's not just the people who are already independent that already understand what the flow of freight is around the country. It's about the people who um, are company drivers today want to be independent so they take control of their time, but don't really know what's going on around the country and, and uh, would fail if they did it on their own, right? So, so, so that's kind of what we're excited about. So I think that the macro effect of this is you're probably going to see more and more and more driver go the independent route as Cloud Trucks is able to better nail that, um, the data science challenges around the schedule optimizer, but also the user experience challenges around the schedule optimizer. And so then the more people that you push to go independent, right, these kind of other two components of better cash flow and reducing cost then start to become really important, right? Because you've opened kind of the gate or you've opened the opportunity up but if you don't solve those other two points, 
there's kind of a local maxima in terms of how much they, uh, how much value they can extract. So let's let's start with the cash flow piece because you recently announced uh, Cloud Trucks Cash, right? A first of its kind, you know, basically instant pay solution. And outside, you know, out, outside looking in, that's that's a big deal. And I'm I'm sure you'll tell me that's a that's a big deal also, right? Because um, you know, again, kind of outside looking in, the potential for the supply side of the network, you know, to get pay instantly. Uh, and then, you know, whether that's financial security on one side, true consumer perspective, or it's getting money faster and reinvesting in kind of this owner operator, new independent fleet um, uh, becomes becomes really significant. Right. So talk to me a little bit more about CT Cash, kind of how it came together and and similarly to, to schedule optimizer, some of those you know byproducts you see at scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I. I I said this on, on Twitter one day, I, I don't view myself in any way as a, uh, as a fintech person, right? Uh, but with, with CT Cash, we were just really trying to solve uh, a core problem that we saw. So when we started Cloud Trucks, first set of drivers started coming in. We said every single driver will be paid within two business days via ACH, direct to their bank account. And what we noticed was that um, for a lot of drivers, you know, especially on, on Thursday, it's like they complete a job on Thursday, you issue that payment, and they're not getting that money till Monday or Tuesday, depend, depending on what time you actually issue the payment. So this ended up causing some of uh, some some cash flow issues for them, where maybe they need to pay rent, um, they need to they need to purchase fuel, they have some some runs that they're trying to do over the weekend, they're trying to buy something for their kids, and they just didn't have any way of getting this cash faster. Uh, so what 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 ended up happening was that drivers would then request the cash advance and we didn't have any way to, to issue uh, cash advances instantly. Uh, so so I, I ended up sending money to drivers uh, from time to time from uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but from, from my cash app, I would actually issue payments to the drivers and then get reimbursed by the company later on. And, and we thought that like, this wasn't going to be a huge issue, you know, like, um, we were we were going to have fewer and fewer drivers uh, with this behavior, but uh, every week I was I was just sending more and more money to drivers on Cash App. So it, it became kind of clear to us that drivers needed a way to get their money instantly, especially on the weekends, and that's really why we ended up building CT Cash. Now, one interesting thing has come out of that, which is that um, due to that we. Due to launching that product, we now have uh, a better understanding of what's going on on the um, you know kind of inflow, which is the revenue side of things, right? But also the outflow, which is um, where do drivers need help on spending? Like if they're spending a lot of money on fuel, we should find a way to get them cheaper fuel. Uh, if they're spending a lot of money on uh, leases and rentals, we should help find a way to, to, to get them uh, cheaper uh, leases and rentals, right? So it gives us better um, a better understanding, a much more holistic understanding of, of the problems that drivers face. But the, the core feature of instant payments, uh, you know, that's kind of where we've started. I'm sure we're going to build a lot more in there, just kind of following the, the problems that drivers are having has been extremely popular, uh, where a significant portion of the payments that we issue to drivers end up being like spent on the CT Cash product already. And we only just launched that product. 
And so once you've kind of opened the opened the door on the revenue side, you've you've solved for kind of cash flow needs faster, right? That the last thing that my mind goes through is cost, right? And if you're trans if you're transitioning into more owner operators, you know, of these fleets, it's it's a different cost structure to battle than if you're a part of a large trucking company, right? So you know, things like insurance, so on and so forth. How how do you guys how do you drive down the cost via software, right? Is it is it merely scale? Is it volume purchasing? Is there something more, you know, innovative, intuitive? W- what are you guys doing on the uh, on the cost side of the equation? Yeah, so there's a there's a scale element to it, uh, which is uh, especially on insurance. Uh, on on the insurance side, the the more trucks you have, the cheaper your insurance gets, and uh, this is. Uh, yeah, we, we pass a lot of those savings over to the drivers. So as our insurance gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, uh, we, we will charge drivers less and less um, over time. So, so that's kind of the scale element to it. Uh, but you know, coming from the autonomous driving space, uh, I'm also very aware of what you can do with uh, computer vision and, and, and machine learning, uh, especially on insurance. You know, it's, it's like uh, today, uh, we're still figuring out how to get vehicles to drive themselves safely, but uh, I bet you that uh, the every single one of these uh, autonomous driving companies can actually build uh, some of the very best insurance companies out there because they understand the risk of operating vehicles on a real-time basis. So, so that's something that we're really excited about is as we grow, as the number of vehicles uh, in our fleet grows, how can we show uh, insurance companies uh, exactly what the um, uh, kind of risk of accidents is for our fleet, and how can that help drive down the cost, um, the cost of insurance for all of the drivers in our fleet, right? So, so, so we're we're definitely going to be uh, doing some more innovative things there, and, and and that's some of the stuff that I'm really excited about. Um, there are other things that are quite expensive for drivers, like like I've mentioned this a few times. Fuel is 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 a pretty uh, big one. So you have these fuel cards out there uh, where drivers are able to save some amount of money. Um, on purchasing fuel. And really, as, as, as we continue to scale up the business, we should be able to provide uh, uh, cheaper fuel opportunities to drivers as well. Let's talk about the uh, autonomous trucking piece, right? So yeah. future trucking over the next few years is going to look you know, materially different. Um, self-driving is going to come in trucks first, right? And, and faster given the characteristics of trucking, long distance, mostly on the highway, et cetera. Uh, you you spent time in that autonomous trucking space. You're obviously also building a trucking company. How do you think about self-driving generally in trucking, and then you know how that impacts the the outlook for the business and how you guys kind of navigate you know that uh, that you know more of a when not if technology. You know even if it's a bit mid longer term. Yeah. So um, I I've always felt like we. Um, uh, as an industry, the autonomous driving space hasn't uh, discussed the, the full effects of that technology on, on society. Uh, so so you, you mentioned some of the Andrew Yang um, uh, comments earlier. And one of the things that I'm, I'm really concerned about is, um, you know, given how important the trucking industry is to society, 
given how many people um, work in that industry, given how many second order effects we have from that, um, what happens if we fully automate trucking, uh, trucking jobs? So what, what you would hear from most autonomous driving companies is, uh, well, we can automate the highway side of the, of, of the trip and then uh, truck drivers today are going to become local drivers and uh, they'll have a better quality of life. What is unsaid is uh, there's a huge delta in how much a long haul driver makes versus um, a, a local a local driver. And if you turn every single long haul driver to a local driver, then they'll make even less, right? So, so like let's say the local drivers are making thirty five thousand dollars or so, thirty six thousand dollars. They'll make even less if all of the long haul drivers become local drivers. Um, I think that this is that the societal effects of that are not discussed enough, and um, I think I, I think that kind of does a disservice to uh, you know the the societal strife that we could that we could have in the future. So um, my view on uh, how autonomous driving is going to really help the trucking industry is uh, safety, right? So, so there's a huge safety benefit uh, if you're able to have more autonomous systems and vehicles reduce. Uh, the frequency of accidents. Uh, so I think that's going to be great. Uh, I think it could increase um, the amount of time that these vehicles can spend on the road. Again, that that's kind of like a safety element to it. Uh, so, so, so I think that, that would be great as well. But my bet is that truck drivers are going to continue to be needed uh, for a lot of reasons. One of those reasons really being that uh, I don't know that we can handle the societal impact of that job just dying um, over, over, over the next decade, over the next two decades. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we see it. And we see our role in the industry of um, really helping to drive the way that autonomy uh, affects the uh, independent truck driver uh, and ensure that the larger companies aren't the only ones who are in these conversations, but that the voice of the owner operator is also heard as, as we make this transition in the future. I think it's also driven why businesses that focus on kind of a core metric of helping participants in their system make more money have a really good kind of pull versus push dynamic, right? So as opposed to pushing software onto folks, which is obviously in trucking as it is in many industries as a behavior shift, Right? When you have a clear economic incentive that you're driving, there is this kind of inherent pull structure right, that comes out of the product or out of the software. People want to engage more with products and systems that help them increase their income. Right? Um, I'm, I'm curious when you think of you know, the potential of how much better off an individual driver can be right, via cloud trucks, how do you think about that and kind of map that for us from a, from a bottoms up perspective to give that perspective you know, of when you're when you're talking about an individual driver and they can improve, you know, one x, five x, ten x, whatever the whatever the magnitude is, that allows us, I think, to put into context what we were talking about earlier in the conversation of just how many truckers there are in the country, right? So, how do you think about that kind of at the at the unit level or the individual trucker level? Yeah. So, um, 
you know, we're, we're still defining exactly what uh, success for a specific driver is because, well, like I said earlier, we, we, we really provide two things. One is how do we make this driver make more money and kind of understand what's going on in the industry uh, and, and what, the, what the flow of freight really is at any given point in time. And that should help increase their revenue 20, 30, 40, 50%. Uh, so as we're doing our jobs better, uh, we should get to that 50% level as opposed to the 20% level. And then this, this will vary uh, based on whether this is a veteran driver who already has some understanding of how, um, of, how, of how things happen in the industry versus a new entrance who has just become independent for the first time, uh, who, who really relies more on some of the technology that we've built. And then uh, on the other side of it is, is simplicity, you know, which is, uh, it, it's, it's always hard to quantify uh, what the value of simplicity is, but we know that it has some amount of value, right? If, if you're a truck driver who's on the road uh, making deliveries every single day, um, you really don't want to be thinking about whether you're going to be paid by a broker or, or chasing down these payments. Um, you don't want to think about invoicing. You don't want to think about um, what the what the next best place is for you to go to you just kind of want to get into your truck and go and and that's kind of the the level of simplicity that we that we provide and, and transparency that we provide also um, so our goal there is to be you know 10 20 x better than any experience that they've ever gotten uh, i think we're on the way there i generally believe that it takes uh somewhere around three years to build really good software but i think what we've built so far and um kind of the reception of the drivers in the industry has been has been pretty strong. I want to, I want to switch gears to operating. In, in normal times, this you know obviously isn't an easy business. Um, I think the best businesses in general are those in which you kind of get the idea instantly, right? Like Uber, right? You click a button and, and a car arrives, but on the back end are just incredibly, incredibly complex to, to execute. Um, how's COVID? Let's let's talk about kind of the business in, in two senses, right? A, give us a little bit better picture, Tobana, about just the complexities of running this type of you know, operation. Um, but then I also want you to unpack how COVID has shaped the operational challenge, right? In, in light of, frankly, the opportunity it's also presented. You were talking about earlier about how much more uh, and how critical I think as a society we are realizing and relying upon truckers, right, and, and fleets. Uh, so unpack a little bit more kind of the complexity in the business, what doesn't meet the eye, Right, and how has that been, you know, accelerated or, or stunted or so in um, in, a, in a pandemic-induced world? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I'm going to talk about this from from two sides. One is what the driver sees, and then uh, there's kind of all the stuff that's happening in the background. So. A driver comes uh, comes on with cloud trucks today. They go on our app and they're able to see loads coming from different partners that we've integrated with, right? So, so they don't have to go on all these different systems to search for that next job. When they see a job that they like, they're able to just book it. Um, so, so think of it as like we almost have a CRM and they're able to see, see an opportunity that they like and they just click it and it's done, right? So it's booked. Uh, and then on the other end, they're able to uh, you know, track all of their existing jobs and whenever they complete a job, they're able to get paid. Every single thing is happening on the app. So uh, it creates uh, a lot of simplicity for that driver, really good um, uh, experience for the driver. Now, on the other side of things, it's like we need to make sure that 
when the driver actually books a job, they get all of the relevant paperwork that they need. Uh, we need to make sure that that driver is compliant at any given point in time. Uh, we need to make sure that if a delivery is being done at 2 a.m., uh, there is someone available just in case the driver runs into uh, any type of issue at a pickup location, at a drop-off location. Um, so, so there's a lot of operational complexity and we're really looking, looking at things that we can automate. And we've automated quite, quite a bit of it already, uh, but things that we can automate to make that entire, uh, entire process as smooth as possible. So it's, uh, you know, we have challenges like uh, there's a lot of paperwork moving around and we need to be able to extract relevant information from this paperwork to give the driver a consistent experience regardless of who the paperwork came from. So things like that end up being um, uh, pretty big challenges, but we've been able to, to, to do this and, and grow really nicely with a really small team. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're more on the, we're heavier on the engineering and, and product side of things because we, we view a lot of these as software engineering problems. Um, and if we do write on the software engineering side, then it allows us to really not scale the operations team um, linearly, right? As, as we scale the number of drivers that come on the platform. So, you know, it's uh, trucking is really challenging because there's so many things that can go wrong at any given point in time. And we've seen different variations of these problems, uh, but, but, but it's been a lot of fun kind of solving them one by one with an amazing team. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's really a, a, a huge part of uh, what we've been able to do so far. I, I'm, I'm forgetting what the other question was right now. Oh, um, how, um, how's the business or kind of operating the business changed through COVID? Ah, yes. Uh, so one of the really interesting things about us is that we actually launched the product during COVID. So uh, we had this plan. I, I was supposed to go on tour. It, it, it was actually this like really, really interesting plan where uh, we believe that the first set of drivers who came on with cloud trucks needed to meet someone from the cloud trucks team in person. And uh, you know who better to meet them than the, the the founder of the company, right? So I was going to kind of go on a truck, and we were going to go to different truck stops around the country and talk to people uh, about cloud trucks, and that's how we were going to get the first set of customers. Uh, but then, you know. COVID hit and we ended up needing to launch virtually. And that was, uh, that was interesting because we had no idea if drivers were going to be willing to sign up for a service where they never met anyone. They only talked to us on the phone and um, it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well since. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, we, we were able to get the first set of drivers in, in, in May and just continue to grow from there, like 40% month over month. Uh, some months we were growing much more than that. And um, it, it's been really fulfilling too. This is the most fulfilling thing I've ever worked on because we also got to be a part of um, helping people make money at a point where like everyone was afraid of what was going to happen in the economy, right? So our first set of drivers, some of them were previously Uber drivers. Uh, so they had a commercial driver's license. Maybe they were company drivers at a point, they got laid off, they started driving for Uber, but naturally as everyone um, uh, started working from home, they had fewer and fewer jobs to do on the Uber side. So it was really fulfilling to be able to 
bring on some of these drivers uh, and they got into a truck. We helped them uh, introduce them to a company that rented them a truck and uh, they did a bunch of deliveries and they saved up enough money and then uh, leased or purchased their first truck. And some of them are now purchasing their second trucks because they're, they're kind of growing their business. So um, yeah, operating this during COVID has been very interesting, but uh, it's it's been extremely fulfilling too. Just just kind of being a part of getting uh, getting the economy going. And you guys are building a company in both uh, California and Texas, I believe, right? There's there's obviously there's a heated and active debate right now on on a, <laughs> on where to build your company. We we won't get yep. into that debate. Uh, but talk a little bit more about the decision to have ops in both California and Texas, and then you know more importantly, I think from an ongoing basis, how you really think about. Uh, geographic expansion as you can tell, continue to build the business? Because I, I think your your business and your industry is uniquely interesting from that perspective of basically, you know, what we've been talking about in this conversation, right? You have truckers kind of everywhere and anywhere, and it's not exactly a, a kind of, you know, a major city, a tier one city type profession. You have a lot of, right, translation kind of all across the country. Uh, and so I'm curious how you think about kind of ops, you know, today in, in current state, but then also you know, in terms of geographic expansion as the business scales. Yeah, so uh, my views on this are still evolving uh, as, as, as everything is. But uh, today we have two offices, one in San Francisco and one in Dallas. Um, we decided to set up the uh, office in Dallas because that's a major freight hub. And we, we, we thought it was extremely important to have our location in a place where uh, there are lots of truck drivers, there are lots of people who have, who have worked in the trucking industry. And um, you know, from time to time, people want a physical location that they can go to. And uh, I think that's how we're going to continue to build the company. Now, the interesting thing about us, however, is that um, our engineering product is mostly in San Francisco. Uh, I say mostly because we've decided that about 80% of our team will be located, co-located in San Francisco whenever we're able to get back into the office. And then 20% of the team uh, is going to be anywhere else in the country. Uh, and, and that's really like uh, to be able to go after senior candidates who maybe don't want to live in San Francisco. Uh, on the operations side, however, uh, we think it's very important for our ops team who, who's interacting with truck drivers every day to um, kind of mirror the customer, right? So, uh, so really it's it's a 50-50 team where 50% of the team is based in, in Dallas and another 50% of the team is anywhere in the country. And, and this gives us a very unique advantage where uh, when a truck driver gets on the phone with someone, there's a very high likelihood that that person is going to know something about uh, um, the, the, the movement of freight all around the country. And I think this is how we're going to continue to build the team. Uh, it's a little bit challenging to build a, a, a completely kind of remote, I, I guess we're not fully remote, but kind of remote company. Uh, but I think it's also important for your operations to mirror your customer base. And that's how we're thinking about it. Yeah, I like that framing a lot, especially the last piece, right, on, on operations mirroring the customer base. Tavana, as we, as we round out the conversation, uh, this is a new question I'm asking to each of the founders in the show, particularly about their space. If you were to give the one underlying insight about trucking that really unlocks this opportunity, what, what would that insight be? Yeah, so um, the there's this um, there are these metrics that people look at in trucking. One of 
the one of the more interesting ones is that younger people don't want to go into the trucking industry uh, and the average age of a truck driver is increasing every year. Uh, so when we looked into that a little bit more, uh, we realized that, you know, I think may, maybe due to Uber and, and Lyft, uh, maybe due to something else, people want to be more independent, right? Um, people want to be able to determine where they work and when they work. And in the trucking industry, it's even more critical because uh, you know, if, if you work for a company, if you're a company driver, you the company basically determines when you're home to see your family. And people want to make that determination for themselves. And what we found is uh, with cloud trucks, we're able to attract uh, a very um, diverse set of drivers. Uh, we have drivers who are you know, older and, and, and look more like the uh, statistics that, pe that people expect. So in their 50s, 60s, uh, but we also have drivers who are in their 20s and 30s who really value that, that independence. And I think that this is the um, kind of unique insight is that the, the reason you don't see a lot of people going into the trucking industry is because they want more autonomy. And as we provide more and more autonomy, uh, and as we provide them the right set of tools to really determine uh, how they want to live their lives, uh, it becomes a much more viable uh, job for the middle class, right? And, and that's something else that people really have to remember is trucking is one of those uh, really critical middle class opportunities. Every single truck driver is essentially a small business generating 160 to 220K a year uh, in revenue. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a much more uh, interesting opportunity for people as they gain more and more of that autonomy. And that's really what we're bringing to the fold. That's that's a really interesting insight because I think it also it expands the possibility or the art of the possibility on how large of a market it already is. Uh, yep. But if you think about how to properly or appropriately resegment it, there's there's significant opportunity actually to expand it. Uh, Tomano, this was this was awesome. Uh, thank you so much, you know, for for taking the time and coming on the show, uh, and and really excited to follow along on the on the progress of Cloud Trucks. You guys are. You're, you're clearly solving. There's not many businesses, I think, that that go to so deeply to the core, you know, of the country, um, and and touch, you know, so many folks in terms of their employment. So it's going to be really interesting to follow along, and and really appreciate the insights you shared today. All right, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.